Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast with the funkiest theme song. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Yeah, it's a funky theme song, guys. Thanks to Neil Brooks. Shout out to Neil Brooks for the music on this. Been on a previous episode. If you are listening to this for the first time, there are previous episodes. We've been doing this for over a year now. You can go to iTunes and SoundCloud and find us and and listen to old episodes. Go to thereitispod.com and find old blogs and blogs about old episodes. This is a great episode today. Again, not because of me. I say I have a great episode a lot, and it's not because of what I did. It's because of what the guests bring to the table. Today, we have Ilana Fishbein and Elena Skopetos, and the two of them are performers at the Magnet Theater, where Justina and I are training, and they did a phenomenal show called Sisters 3, which is a play that they wrote, was completely developed through improvisation, and it's about a family's reluctant reunion. They play a multitude of characters for this show, a ton of characters apiece. We talk about the development of the show, performing the show, and improv in general in this really fun, insightful chat. So let's get right to it. Here's my chat with Ilana and Elena. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. Now, let's all, since there are two voices that yeah. are with me, let's do introductions. Starting with... <laughs> oh. Okay, well, I'm Ilana. I'm Ilana Fishbein. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm Elena Scopettos. That's me. And starting... So, it's uh, Ilana. Yeah. Um, when did you start doing improv and performance? Uh, I, I, well, I always did, like, theater as a kid. Cool. Um, so I was aware of improv at a very early age. Oh, Like, nice. doing, like, nice. little, like, theater and drama classes. But I started getting seriously into improv when I was about 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a summer camp that had improv and sketch comedy. But cool. I was, I was aware of improv before. Oh, wow. So you've been doing it a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good deal. And what about you? Um, I started, well, I started performing very young. I, I, um, I sang uh, when I was younger. I would do a lot of like vocal performance stuff. She won her school's talent show. I won oh, my school's oh, talent fancy. show freshman year. It defined my experience. Um, Didn't you wear a hat? I wore a fedora. <laughs> I, wore, I sang Alicia Keys, If I Ain't Got You, and I wore a fedora, and I won, and I, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe the balls. <laughs> good for good for me. <laughs> um, but I did. I started. Um, so I started singing. I did uh, theater in high school, and in high school in the drama club drama classes, we did some uh, improv. But it was pretty loose. You know, mm-hmm. there weren't a ton of rules. 
Uh, and then I went to college for theater, and my senior year, I kind of discovered sketch comedy on mm -hmm. a whim. And then after I graduated, I, I started more seriously uh, performing sketch uh, and started taking improv classes. Okay, where did you start taking improv classes? Uh, I started I started simultaneously uh, at UCB and Magnet, so I did mm -hmm. them uh, in tandem with each other. And how long have you been at Magnet? Uh, but at Magnet, well, I guess I've been taking classes at Magnet since 2013, but I've, I had been performing at Magnet with the Rolling Scones since 2012. So, okay. Yeah, about five years, four or five years. Awesome. How about the same question about, like, where you started? Uh, well, I, I uh, when I started doing improv pretty seriously, like, uh, like in the middle, like, Towards the end of college, I started taking classes at UCB, mm -hmm. um, but then I ended up um, taking classes with Armando when he was sort of teaching independently before the Magnet opened, and then I was here when he opened the Magnet, mm -hmm. so I've been around since it opened in 2005, mm -hmm. so I was on like the first round of house team, so I've been, wow. I've been around, yeah. um, which is cool. It's been very yeah, lucky. Very There's been lots of opportunities, so yeah. Very awesome. How long have you two been playing together? Mm -hmm. um, Only since Sisters 3. Yeah. Yeah. When they reached out to me about Sisters 3, Elon and I had never even performed together. Yeah, really? So I guess we... Uh, did we start building the show in 2015 now? Yes. Which seems crazy. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah. So we started uh, putting... Uh, co collaborating to create the show summer 2015. Mm -hmm. We spent about nine months uh, writing it, mm -hmm. uh, we wrote it on its building it yeah. through, through improv, and then uh, put it up for the first time in April 2016, and then uh, it is now, as we record this, June 2017, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's amazing. I would have assumed you'd been playing together a lot longer than you have been. And then I saw you two perform together on Amaro Diaz experience and just said, oh, that must be where they met. But it's it's not. <laughs> it was like, um, it, 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 it in many ways was like a fix up. Like, yeah, like kind an of old an, world an arrangement. Arranged yeah. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it was like, this has to work. <laughs> and believe me, I felt that pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so why did. Why did someone decide that you two should do a show together? Well, it was, yeah, do you want to speak a little bit it, too well? In many ways, it really feels like an old-timey marriage, yeah. like not, like a, an arranged marriage. Like, well, it's funny because you and Peter arranged it. We did. <laughs> so, like, I had seen Elena perform, you know, it's like I had visited her village, <laughs> like, seen her tending a, a goat, and I thought to myself, she would make a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. Um, and uh, P Peter had had Elena as a student, and uh, Peter and I had been wanting to collaborate on a project of this nature uh, mm -hmm. for a long time. So um, Peter McNerney, who's not here right now, had uh, built several shows uh, using using improv, like full-length narrative plays, mm -hmm. comedies, with um, these two other guys, uh, Matt Sachs and John Dixon. Mm -hmm. And I had seen those plays um, and was really inspired by them. And so, okay. but several years had passed and uh, Peter and I finally were like, yeah, let's let's build another one of these. Let's make this happen. And so when we were thinking of people, um, Elena's name came up and it was kind of like, let's let's just see how that will, <laughs> will work. I don't know, yeah. It, 
that this 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 is the best analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we just tried it. And so when you tried it, it was doing improv. Yeah. Yeah. Was the first the first rehearsal we ever had the and the, then subsequently the the rehearsals after that were mostly just Peter giving us some prompts and just trying out scenes. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. just just seeing like what sticks, like what uh, what characters feel feel good, what uh, what situations feel meaty and feel interesting to us. What do we want to explore more? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of started from that place. Is that hard to do to be two people improvising and there's one person in the room teaching? Or is that well? Weird I mean, people or? have improv duos and mm-hmm. they get coached. What? Yeah. Just thinking about your, like your, what what you said about like oh it seemed like you had been collaborating for a while. I do think that like um, improvisers that are doing their jobs well are able to work with anyone mm-hmm. like we have a, a common vocabulary mm-hmm. um i think like um uh we we're, we're just doing it right yeah <laughs> if we're and i also think like the process know. that peter's developed and the way that we worked was very conducive to to good work and to feeling comfortable to make choices and to try things so mm-hmm. yeah it was a really a really comfortable environment even though it was you know, someone I had never improvised with before. It felt very safe, and it felt very... It was easy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so you then start to develop a show, and you said you did that through improvising. Was was the idea that you started improvising, and then some themes started coming up a lot between the two of you? You noticed that you played certain themes well, and then you decided to try to uh, improvise to write a script... Or was it just from the from the beginning, like, well, this is, sounds like it's a good scene. Let's write that down, and then we can script it later. Well, that was certainly the beginning of it. You know, I would say the first, probably the first month, maybe six to eight weeks, was very much like, let's just try everything and see what we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we started getting to a point of, uh, remember this scene we did? I really liked that. Let's mm-hmm. try this again, but let's uh, let's have you be uh, a little more. Uh, open to the ideas that uh, Elon is presenting, and, and we'll see how that scene goes that way. And then kind of running those same scenes. Or let's scenes. put these folks in this location. Yeah, exactly. Or let's see, you know, yeah, that's kind of how it, how it uh, started to develop at first, was like, these are the characters we like, these are the situations we like. Uh, and then from there, it's like, oh, we can take this character from this other piece, and they can be the person in this elevator scene because that makes you know that makes the most sense so we kind of have this um open creative uh outlet to kind of uh, mess around with these puzzle pieces that we've created that's that's an interesting progress or process i should (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but no that is a really interesting process and i i have not experienced something like that before just because i haven't been doing this that long in a lot of ways it's kind of I look at the show now and it's like we got the chance to take nine months to create the perfect improv show, you know, to mm-hmm. make sure that, that yeah. everything uh, ties together, that every scene has weight and matters, yeah. um, and that we, we care about all the people that we're seeing. The, yeah, the show is just a, uh, it, it basically like a herald structure. Mm-hmm. It's just um, like if a herald was like an hour mm-hmm. and like finely tuned yeah you know and just yeah. two people yeah <laughs> but I mean yeah yeah just really massaged mm-hmm. very neat yeah is there any improv in the show uh 
there's mm-hmm. there's some moments that end up being like a little a little loose, mm-hmm. um, but it also sometimes things will get sort of like thrown in. But I would say it's ninety five percent down. Yeah, I say the same thing. I, I like to think we both um, there are always like a couple moments that we're like, oh, this line we change sometimes mm-hmm. depending on how we're feeling. Yeah, but I also like to think that we we go in with kind of an, an openness to improv of like because it's such. It's such a dense show, you know, mm-hmm. we've been doing it for over a year and there's still, you know, we can still screw it up sometimes. So you, yeah. have, you have to go in with that openness of like, anything could happen and like, we know these characters, we know this world, we have to, we're gonna be able to figure it out if we have to. Yeah, what's really cool is, so we just did the show in Philly and uh, Elena pitched a new joke mm. for like uh, this like little like moment. This small moment, this, yeah. And, it's and like the day before we did it in Philly. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if uh, if instead of uh, saying something about p- peanuts, uh, this character said something about armrests or <laughs> like whatever? It's yeah. like this little moment in the show. And um, I like that the that we are not like so tied to the script that we were able to keep enhancing it. Oh yeah. And and that it doesn't it, it, it really like lives in our in our bodies and in our mouths and not um, we're not living it through the page. Okay. You know. And yeah. in that way, it it's never it never feels stale. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that we've performed it as much as we've performed it, we've rehearsed it as much as we've yeah. rehearsed it, and it's still yeah. You know, we just performed this in Philly a few days ago, and it was awesome like the, yeah. the audience was so great and it was just it was exciting to perform which is uh yeah I've, I've done a lot of plays and you know you always try to be alive as an actor but sometimes you know you, you say the same words and it, it kind of starts to feel like going through the motions a little bit mm-hmm. you, you have and to you start to, losing some of that emotionality yeah, yeah or you just feel like you have to do a lot of work to make sure that doesn't happen where with this i think because it's so fast it's so joke heavy it's so mm-hmm. it's so silly and so alive that it's really easy to just to just jump into it and be like this is going to be fun like this is always fun yeah and it, it really uh the, the audience does um a, a, i think have a, a profound effect on the energy of, oh, yeah. of the show so we we were really lucky we we also just got back um, from a little mini European tour. Mm-hmm. We did the show in uh, Norway and in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And particularly in Sweden, it was like uh, an, an old, like slightly older crowd, um, most of whom were not, you know, English speakers. There was one guy from America in the yeah. audience, and it was like the the laughter just like ballooned out or from him. It was amazing because we were. So I, I just remember the show. We were we were you know standing on stage doing it, and uh, yeah, it was stage like in the audience, like to our right. Mm-hmm. There was yes. just this one little cluster that the laugh would happen over there, like. 20 seconds before it would happen with the rest of the crowd and it was so bizarre and it was so hard to not focus all my energy yeah. to right there and be like, yeah, this guy gets it. Like, it was um, so funny. But um, what, be, because of that, like the show, um, there were certain, there are certain scenes that just like took on like a new, a new energy. Like I felt like I made discoveries about characters just because yeah. I was like, I, I was actually trying really hard not to, and I probably feel the same for you, of not trying to like ham things up in order to get responses. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, all right, you guys are, are like a more mellow crowd. I'm going to like live in, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt really good. Yeah. It was also like a, a lesson in communication of, yeah. of feeling like, how do I 
how do I maybe amp up how I'm how I'm communicating this with my body without becoming a caricature, yes. without hamming it up and just being like, oh, I'm going to be this crazy, I'm going to turn this into just, just a, a cartoon of something, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I am really going to do everything I can because language is a slight barrier to communicate through this text and through uh, my physical performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually going to ask about how the trip to Europe went, so it sounds like that went well. Yeah, it was really cool. I think, like, uh, I mean, being able to to, to get outside of um, the magnet, to get outside of New York and, mm-hmm. and perform is a really um, educational experience. Was it the first time you'd taken out of New York? We had taken it to Philly, but, okay. um, yeah. But before the Once before, Europe trip? Okay. Yeah, so... And that was Philly. So you've been to Philly twice? Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Was it for a festival or? It was at the the Philly Improv Theater. We uh, they they had heard about the show and mm-hmm. uh, we had kind of been in touch with them and they brought us out. So yeah, so no festival or anything. Just mm-hmm. like hey, we have the show. Would you guys want to put it up? And they were so yeah. I I, I will say and I do want to say like every place we've performed this, including Magnet, but like Philly has been so receptive and like performing in Norway and Sweden. One of the things that stood out the most was, um, you know, the people that kind of hosted us and like all the improv groups over there, the people that were our contacts for setting this up were just so amazing and so kind and fun. You know, although we did some workshops and they were all, it felt so good to to work with people that were so hungry to learn and so excited uh, to be doing this kind of thing and and to show the show uh, to a new crowd. It's it's just so great to... uh, to have a new audience see it and to feel that kind of uh, electricity in the air before you perform it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite things about the show is uh, when I have when I have a friend see it and they know nothing about it because we don't, you know, the, the posters don't say like too much, you know, oh, it's about a family, it's two women performing mm-hmm. multiple characters and just being like, they have no idea what this is about to be. Like, they don't know that like Dr. Farts is coming. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's so exciting to me to, to think about like, oh, see, they're going to like discover this world and I can't wait to talk to them about it after. Yeah. The poster, I was also going to ask about that because the poster, there's something mesmerizing about it, but is this a picture of you two with the word Sisters 3 on it? <laughs> but I can't put my finger on what it is because every time I'd walk in the theater, I would just find myself standing there staring at it trying to like figure out something. Is there something... <laughs> Just like staring at it like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's just like, because you're making an expression on there. Yeah. Um, it's like the dumbest face that yeah. I'm making. <laughs> Actually, this is really funny. My, I think it was, it was either my mom or dad was like, you look really good in the picture. Elena does not look very good. <laughs> and I remember being like, um, she's making a face. Right. Smiles or not, but she should not. Have that. <laughs> I Does that she have picture. a boyfriend or what's going on? It looks, it, I think it's I so can tell funny. it's you, but it is a face that's kind of like it did was was Photoshop involved or something. That's really funny. Well, we well, it's funny that that wound up being the picture we took because I remember that photo session yeah. in particular, and I know we kind of played around with like, oh, let's take some photos and character. And like, yeah. if you look at that, the way we're positioned, I can't see what Elon is doing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh great, I'll try out some character stuff. She's just, and smiling. She's just smiling like a pretty girl. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> 
inspirational. <laughs> like, like a movie. Yeah, you look like you're going to college. Yeah. And you look like an idiot. And you look like you've just been like poked in the butt. <laughs> yeah, I look like a ferret was just pulled off my butt. <laughs> Like for both of us, like we really like like that sense of that, that sensibility <laughs> of like yeah. just kind of like like kind of wacky, gross, <laughs> yeah, kind of grotesque in a, in, a, in a way, yeah. Um, and yet, um, I think we also like appreciate that sort of like like grounded, like integrity, <laughs> like strong. Yeah, I think the, the yeah wavers between. It's, it it's does. does. Yeah, yeah, that was another thing I was going to talk about. And so I love the poster, and I think it does represent it well. It is just one of those things that's kind of hard to like put your finger on I've what never it's heard doing heard to you. Anyone say anything about the poster? So this is really interesting. Yeah. I just love it. I love it, <laughs> and, and I really love the show too. And I do think it it found this balance of being really funny, really funny, but then also moments that were so heartfelt. Like I think there were a few moments for the audiences in general of like come coming to tears on things because it was kind of uh, out of nowhere almost because stuff that was like insanely funny and you weren't expecting the the a moment at the end where it's like oh that's actually really this got real real quick <laughs> like out of nowhere and then it goes back to being like whimsically funny again. <laughs> um, and it's it's just great it's a really great balance how do you strike that balance when you're creating something? Like it's, it seems like such a hard thing to do intentionally. I think that you, I think that you can't go into it with intention. Otherwise, it's gonna be phony. Mm-hmm. People I think, are gonna see I the move. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, I think a part of the reason why we were well suited for this project is we kind of naturally play. Uh, characters that you know we we improvise with characters we don't usually improvise just as ourselves um so that lent it to that to start i think the the thing is like we started building these characters and making these funny jokes but we built characters that we cared about and that were interesting and had different levels to them and then later we could explore that and this is actually something i've been thinking a lot about just in terms of improv and it's come up in my classes a lot recently um is that like you can play a character and like have like a wacky voice and like a weird way they stand but you know they, they, that can be kind of like just an empty shell mm-hmm. but your if your character your character needs to want something for them to actually be like a living breathing thing and this is, is yeah. a, a huge part of the show is just like all the characters want something or need something, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they're all driven by something. Yeah, and that sense of um, heart and depth to each of the characters, I think, is something that we uh, we both play when we play characters. They're yeah. not they're not just um, like a piece of clothing that goes on to us. It's yeah. like it fully enters our body, you know. I think, and I think, you know. Having like that's something else that a director puts yes. in the show, and that's something that right. Peter has been uh, really fabulous at is is keeping that nice balance of uh, you know this isn't a drama like this is a comedy like let's punch this up joke 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 but mm-hmm. like this is what we care about and now we go back to this uh, you know yeah. so like having that outside eye really helps right. in striking that balance too once we've laid mm-hmm. the foundation. So it's more about being true in each moment. 
Yeah. And if the moment is a humorous moment, well, what's the truest, funniest thing that you can do? And if it's a sincere, serious moment, then what is yeah. the, the truest way to express that? Yeah, not shying away from either. Mm-hmm. Like, leaning into both of those right. like, hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, like, uh, in, I think, like, the, the thing that strikes me about writing in this way versus maybe, maybe, I don't know, being a playwright that's just writing mm-hmm. um, and not like saying things or doing things out loud. I, I, I don't know, I've never written a play like that. Um, was that we really know so much about these characters and can really yeah, explore that question of if this is true, what else is true. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, like scenes and situations write themselves because we just know these characters so intimately and we know what their priorities are. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can now, like, like reading a play, I can tell when a character is just like not fully formed, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just driving the plot, you know. And mm-hmm. it, what, why does this person speak yeah. like this? Like there's something about their voice that yeah, that's yeah. always yeah. interesting to me when I read plays. I don't read a ton of plays now, but read a ton in college. Like you read a play and it feels kind of not fully formed, but then maybe you see it and you see a really fabulous actor that takes that on and, and adds that in and fills in those gaps and it can really be like illuminating. Yeah. But this is why like plays like, for instance, like or, or, uh, Orange or Six County. Mm-hmm. August, August Osage sorry. County. Oh my God. <laughs> I sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> August Osage County is like, so wonderful is because like on the page each of the characters yeah. are really clear mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um yeah i think um, that also like we talk about this a lot because those characters were there for sisters three when we got to the dinner scene it was so much easier to figure out than we thought yeah. because it was like we know these people we know uh, you know we're figuring out how they interact with each other and it makes sense like Who's clashing? Who gets along? Like, what you know? Mm-hmm. What are they talking about? As a footnote, the dinner scene is when all the characters come together for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> how many characters are there in the entire play? A little over 30, 30, 30 32, and, and 33. Like it's just the two of you playing them. How many do you? How many do you, each of you have? Well, I think it's pretty evenly. Around fifteen. Like 15 and fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Something. Sixteen and sixteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and some of them are like. Just a real like a two second character, right. yeah. However, I'd say like we each play about five pretty meaty, mm-hmm. kind of. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're both impeccably. I mean, I think the fact that you're playing so many different characters speaks to what I'm about to say. But you're both impeccably great character actors. Um, where does someone try to develop that? Obviously, they need a lot of time and just working at it but is there a process that you think can help somebody make faces in front of the mirror and talk to yourself hell yeah talk to yourself all the time um yeah i i uh i think for me uh i don't know i think if you're excited about playing characters i feel like if you go into comedy or improv and sketch and say like i am excited about playing a lot of different characters that's Mm -hmm. what i want to do then that's what you're gonna do. And mm-hmm. it's just about um, you know, working with good people, like having good coaches and directors to, to kind of like mold how you're doing that. But mm-hmm. as long as there's a like a hunger and a want to do that, you just you just have to practice at it, you know, and yeah. try a ton of things out. Yeah. I you know, um, I think like 
uh, letting yourself as you're as you're doing improv exercises, even like simple dumb things that mm-hmm. like follow the follower, for instance. Um, you can do follow the follower in a very like sort of general way, or you can be hyper observant mm-hmm. and really, really try and capture yeah. the 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 way in which someone is like tweaking their elbow or something. Or you can just kind of like move your elbow. Yeah. And I think like if you um, are able to start to really appreciate the nuance of, of behavior mm-hmm. and mimic the nuance, then you're gonna get a lot closer. Okay. It's, it's it's um if you're just generalizing, then you'll only get you'll hit a wall. Right. In terms of your development as character. I think that a lot for sketch too, you know, in a in a writer's room, sketches are passed out and your cast is, you know, Cassie the the receptionist with two lines. It's like you can read that real real straight on the mm-hmm. page or you can make a really strong choice for yourself and like I don't know. I feel like with that stuff I'm always like, what's but something interesting I haven't done, or, or a lot of times it's mostly just like, oh, I want to make my friends laugh. Like, what can I do with this to make to to make my friends laugh or to entertain my friends? Yeah, you gotta love people. Mm. Yeah, like, you gotta well, love people. And, and do you people. mean that to oh to watch people? You have to love them to be around them enough to watch them and observe them. Yeah, yeah, mm. I think and like so. how interesting they are and like different. Yeah, sometimes like on a sideline for a show, if I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to just step out as me because that feels like empty right. and I don't have I, anything, I'll just like think of like yeah. a friend or something or a coworker oh, and be like, okay, I'll just come out as like Emma and that will have that will have a little something to it, you know, it'll be a little different than me and I'll find some choices there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you both seem to really pick up on the essence of people or at least of like human behavior to be able to play the different characters so well. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of what you're doing, what you're saying is to focus on those nuances, to pick up on the real essence of a person so you can play something a little more deeper and try to mimic the, the deeper thing that's happening. And I also, I do think that there's something that you gotta love people thing, like you have to play your character and love your character mm-hmm. and play, play them from a place of integrity. Like if you're playing someone that from the outside is hateful, mm. you have to be playing them as someone that really like wants something and is str- struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, if you're if you're playing if you if you don't like them and you're playing them, you're going to be commenting on it. You're, you're never going to be fully in it. Right, yeah. If you're, you're you either play just playing... great empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Or it can be just like... Well, yeah, I guess empathy is the right, is the right word. I was just going to add that if you're just playing hate for the sake of I hate this person, then you're right. It's just a surface level sort of thing. But there's a reason they hate the person... So finding what that reason is. Get into that, their psychology. Mm-hmm. And so you're playing the reason, not so much the like emotion, the basic sort of surface level emotion that, that's there. Yeah. I am, um, for full disclosure, Alana is my teacher for level two. <gasps> yeah. So. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of what I'm saying is just trying to suck up to my teacher. You don't give grades here. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> well, never mind. No, um, uh, 
So I, I really like that, that process that you all have and that integrity you have in your work. Um, do you think that is something that a person who maybe didn't, wasn't thinking about that can just learn to have, or is that something you always had and assume that one must just kind of generally have that feeling? I think it's also, uh, you know, you watch people that work in that way, you know, you become inspired by them, mm -hmm. um, and you kind of, yeah, I, you know, I watch, I watch people like Ilana, like, uh, you know, Christian Palak, who are so specific, you know, who do characters that either of them could be playing the biggest piece of crap character I've ever seen in my life, but they find a core to them that is human and that is there. You know, you watch people perform like that and you see how successful they are. You see how, mm -hmm. and how rich and interesting and funny their work is. And it's, for me, I, you know, I watch things like that and I'm like, yeah, like this is, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to play. Yeah. I think that's a good way. I, you know, and it's, that's not for everyone and that's totally fine. Like, there are people that don't play character heavy that are wildly hilarious and mm -hmm. successful and great at what they do because mm -hmm. that's what works for them, you know? But I, I think a great first step is just like, see a lot of improv and what, what sticks out to you, what resonates with you. Yeah. Talk about it also. Like, I think there's something like, how do we teach empathy to children? We like talk mm. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to do, you know, scenes that don't work out, like scenes where you're playing kind of surface level. Yeah. But that's why you have a good coach there, a good teacher there to say, like, we didn't you didn't care about that character at all. Like you were just <laughs> you were just playing this this superfluous thing that, that right. didn't matter. Nothing mattered. Right. Right. Um, if there's anyone struggling with that, they want to do that, but they maybe are struggling in, in doing it and being focused on doing that. Are there any tips that someone can have to sort of stick to it? I don't know. I think like there are exercises to kind of like loosen people up into it. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are different ways to attack it, but ultimately, like um, just figuring out a there's no, there's no easy, there's no easy one thing, but right. like, like I think as, like I'm just thinking about as a teacher, like helping someone feel safe enough to take down those walls or those barriers. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I, I so I was, when we were in Philly, I was teaching um, a workshop on vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And um, we do, I do this exercise where people have to, um, uh, like react with a strong emotional reaction, like kind of like make a sound to compel this, their emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. And I could tell like people were kind of like holding, holding back. And I was like, really let it out. And I think it takes sometimes someone from the outside like me um, saying like, just you, like start again, really let go this time mm -hmm. and see what you discover. Like let yourself go to the extreme so that you know you have that range. You don't necessarily need to be huge all the time, yeah. but um, like just making people feel comfortable enough to explore that range. Yeah. I get discouraged. I mean, a lot of the, this podcast is asking people questions about their process so I can learn how to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I assume other people can learn from it. So uh, this question is maybe more just me uh, and not necessarily anyone listening, but I get super discouraged if I'm trying to do something a little more, I guess, a little deeper 
but I'm not getting there, something like that in a class. I just don't feel like I'm really letting myself go. And then, you know, the, the scene's over and, well, I feel like I don't have another chance at it. You know, we're, we're on to another exercise or well, the class is over now. I got to wait until next week to really, like, get that. Um, what are, what sort of tips would you give or what sort of advice would you give on that? What do you mean by, um, by deeper? Do you mean, like, deeper into, like, a character or into, a, like, a character's philosophy or... That's a good question. I, I think it's more shedding Jason mm-hmm. and just being the character. And um, I think too often I'm thinking about what are the improv moves I'm supposed to be doing to make the scene work. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, it's just like too much. I think that's probably my biggest mistake because I focus so much on the scene and what the scene needs and doing the scene right uh, as opposed to who is this, just this character and let me just be it. I think you're like answering your question. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, well one thing is like never never care mm-hmm. about it once it's done. Just be done with it. Don't mm-hmm. dwell. That's, um, that's a great, yeah. I, I always, the scene is over. Yeah. Who <laughs> gives a shit? Yeah, it's over. You're never going to do it again. And it's right. also just like, a, a tip is just like, be kind to yourself. Like, it's mm-hmm. fine to do work that you're not proud of because you move on from it and you learn from it. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, I also think, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I feel like a, a big part of like taking classes and doing practice groups is is so you're doing scenes and like as you're learning improv like learning the mechanics of a scene and like having that um that that awkwardness of like oh i'm not totally in character but i know that this uh move will help move this scene forward and then you know this is uh it feels very bare bones i think that's that's okay because you're still learning you know you have to uh, feel that way in rehearsal so that when you're on stage you don't have to think about it you know right. you run these drills like it really is like a sport or like exercising in a way that you're building these muscles so that it's uh, it's innate when you are performing um, but also like yeah like a class or a performance group I, I, I don't know it's maybe like set a goal for yourself before class of like I'm not going to think about mechanics today I just want to work on character stuff and mm. like that's what this yeah. today's class is going to be for me you know, and, and if I feel good about it, maybe next week I'll, I'll start to think more about, like, mechanics. Yeah. Give yourself over to whatever the exercise is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're a good teacher, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, like. Do you think teacher, my level two teacher is good? <laughs> I think mean, she's pretty great. Oh, my God. Um, I, think, I think, like, uh, one thing I value in teachers is mm-hmm. them. Um, uh, really being clear about why they're doing, why we're doing something, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like what what can kind of be gained or explored by it, so people aren't just like sh- shooting in the dark as to right. what is what is this, what is yeah. this exercise about, where's my head supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. and I think like um, uh, the the best thing you can do is like give yourself over to whatever that the the purpose of that mm-hmm. uh, of that exercise mm-hmm. is and what is being explored. Like for doing an exercise that is character based or environment based, you know, like 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 lean into that thing and just work those muscles and don't worry about the other stuff. Cool. Um, 
Yeah. Like, I'll do some, sometimes, if I'm doing emotional reaction scenes, like, I don't care about your object work. Mm-hmm. Just have fun exploring your emotional muscles, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's also, like, that's what practice groups are for, you know? You, yeah. you build it with, with like-minded people or people you want to work with. You get a coach and say, like, I feel like I'm not doing the kind of character work I want to be doing. Can we work on that? Mm-hmm. And also, just more more reps, it becomes less precious. Yeah. How long have you been yeah. doing improv for? Uh, this month was f- no three years. No, four years because it's 2017. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, four years. Just a lot, uh, but still, I mean, I'm really shitty at improv. Some days, months, I'll go months uh, being shitty at improv, and yeah. I've been doing this for like a really long time. Well. It just. <laughs> Probably not game. literally shitty. Uh, sure. I would disagree. <laughs> but I mean, right. I mean, but I see what but, you mean. But this is all of our experience, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah, all think like, we we go through a season of. We're like, ah, God. Yeah. Or the bar, you know, the bar changes. You know, bar changes. You just, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've had, I had a show last week that was just like a goddamn nightmare. I was like, literally, <laughs> the whole show. I was like, what am I doing? Like, these are all of my worst. You know, every uh. Every fear I have about my improv, of right. like what my weaknesses are, and what I'm not, where I'm not good enough or fall short, all like happened in the show. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, here we go. And afterwards, like three people come up to you and they're like, "Great show!" And you just need to be gracious. Yeah, and not just like, say anything. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> just, just say thank you and thank believe you. them, and and go home and be okay with yourself. Right. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, that's something I've talked about with people before, maybe on this podcast, that it's something that the audience is experiencing, and and they are experiencing it in a different way than the improviser. Yeah. The improviser is getting a whole different experience about it, out of it. Even someone who makes a song, uh, they're getting a different experience out of the finished product, because they're just listening to what they did, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So they're listening to it the way they would perform, a person would think as they perform. Um... We talked about... Uh, I wonder if Katy Perry listens to her own music. Yeah. She's like... I, I think they, they all... They turned on fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, oh, you mean song. after... <laughs> you know, honestly, a lot of them don't. Like, my friends who make music, they say, like, once they're done with the process of creating it, and, like, after it's mixed and the final version is out, they don't sit and listen to it a lot. And uh, that's kind of interesting, because they... Uh, you know, any any album I've listened yeah. to three or four times, I've probably listened to it more than the artist himself. I've listened to this podcast probably like a year, yeah, 50 just times, like, yeah. just to go to bed every night, just yeah. soothe myself with my own voice <laughs> and tips, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta remind yourself of That's your own tips job. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about coaching. I uh, would like to talk a little bit about that. I know you're teaching in uh, or I should say teaching, uh, more so in coaching. But uh, you're teaching, you you did workshops when you went to Europe. Are you teaching curriculum here at Magnet? I'm, I'm not teaching an official class, mm-hmm. but I'm directing uh, right now. So I'm directing a Magnet sketch team, and I'm also mm-hmm. directing My Dark Little Corner. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So when it comes to teaching or coaching or directing, um, let's put all those in the same uh, yeah. category. 
what sort of tips would you give someone who's starting out as a coach or teacher? Uh, just don't worry so much about being liked. <laughs> yeah. Like them, enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I think, uh, ugh, such a big question. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, you know, it's about, I think a really important thing and, and something I really struggle with is, uh, you know, not, not saying a thousand words when I can say five, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah, how, me too. how can you be most effective with your words? You know, the less, the less you say, the more people will remember. That's kind of like a mantra I mm -hmm. keep having to say to myself yeah. because if you give, you know, when I've coached improv, you see a scene and you're like, I see three things that can be worked on from this and you lay that all on a person and it's mm -hmm. like, I'm not gonna, that's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to think about, um, you know, but yeah. you, you just notice one thing of like, you weren't reacting and focus on that. I think mm -hmm. that could be really important. Yeah. Yeah, I have a tough time with the wordy thing. I'm fairly wordy, but then the problem that I have is that I cut back too much, I guess, mm -hmm. or I cut back in such a way, I try to, condense it enough to where it's like, okay, this says what I want it to say, but then the person like totally takes it, it differently because I didn't say enough. When it comes to like giving feedback, especially at improv, yeah. um, um, I think everyone should think a bit harder about, or think hard about what they really want to hear mm -hmm. from if they if they were in in, in the shoes of a, of a performer, mm -hmm. what is the most valuable thing? Oh, and that's I a think, good point. Elena, you're this is just an extension of what you're saying of like say less. Like you don't need to go scene by scene through um, a piece and tell people what they did. Mm -hmm. That doesn't need to. That's happen. not that's not helpful <laughs> necessarily after yeah. a show. Like I don't care that you took a page full of notes on my show. <laughs> just watch the show. Yeah. And, watch, you know, yeah, watch the show, and then you know you guys weren't listening to each other. I saw a lot of because mm. again, you can't do. You're not doing that show ever again. Yeah. So what is valuable? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would also say if this is maybe like a bad thing to say, but it's something that I've held precious as a performer is like, I think when you're getting when you're receiving notes from a coach, you know, or anything like that, or a director. At the end of the day, you know, you're you're the person paying to do this. You know, this is your prerogative. You're you're learning here. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you can take whatever you need. If you if you wholly disagree with something, like that's okay. Like you don't we don't have to take every single note. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I just, yeah, I've just been in a lot of situations where people like harp on things and it's like, you know what, like at the end of the day, if you wholly disagree with what this person's saying, like that's okay. Like you mm -hmm. can, you can let that go and, and move on from that. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's not a, it's not gospel that, that people are preaching. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a good point. Cause I've seen and experienced a lot of different situations like that where somebody is, uh, someone disagrees and it's like, you yeah. know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah, and it might even um, be that like maybe that person's just not ready for that. For that note, maybe yeah. that's the wrong note at that time. Yeah. Maybe it's a case of that. Yeah, I think I consider the note, but you know, don't beat yourself up. Yeah, I also think like everyone is coming to class or a show or, or workshop with baggage, you know, mm -hmm. with like you have no idea what is going to. Um, set someone off emotionally or in a good or bad way. 
Mm -hmm. um, and respecting that we're all human and the, the, the teachers certainly respecting that, that about their students but I hope the best you know the best students are ones that understand like oh as a teacher as a coach you're human too yeah we we're all coming at it with our best the best of intentions yeah I like that yeah well we're towards the end here uh, this is towards the end of the episode and I like to at the end of episodes create something with the guests Ooh. And it could be anything. So I don't know what we could create. We've talked about a lot of different things. I don't know what's anything jumping out at anyone. Mm -hmm. What could we create? What could we create? Let's create a game. <laughs> I like games. Yeah. I do, and I've, I've been exposed to a lot of new games since I've been up here, so I'd like yeah. to create another one. What was the name of the game we played? We kept playing in Carcassonne? Carcassonne. <laughs> Let's invent Carcassonne. When we went to Sweden, <laughs> The, uh, our host had Carcassonne, which is a board game, mm -hmm. but there were only directions in Scandinavian. <laughs> there were three sets of directions in different Scandinavian languages. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I like, basically tried to translate to the best of my yeah. ability what the point structure was. <laughs> I think it worked out. Oh, yeah, it was great. But, um, so we'll invent that. Um, and what's it called again? Carcassonne. 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 That's a plug for Carcassonne. Carcassonne. If you haven't checked it out, check out its YouTube page. It's also an app. <laughs> um, yeah, what, let's invent a game. Let's invent a game. Is there a game that, like, from Sisters 3 that, like, inspired? Um, what's something that... There's the moment at the end of the show where it's like, Cynthia's married a giant, and that's good, and... Well, Julie, like where where it cuts to yeah. Julius, and I'm just like they're doing like a little. I always think, yeah, I always think of that as like I don't know if it's like a game or just a celebratory dance <laughs> without doing that. But I always pictured it being like a like a game where Nick's like, hey, hey. Julius is like. I wish people could see what Elena is doing. It's just basically like a lot of hand farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. It's probably like a hand fart game. I would be bad at it. You're really good at it. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually good. farting. <laughs> <laughs> My hand is making no sense. I can't, I can't do it. What, yeah, I can't do it either. What would the name of that game be? Um, <laughs> I still can't do it. Hand, like farty toots or like toot, toot, toot farts. Catch the tube. Catch the tube. <laughs> Catch the tube. <laughs> I'm like reaching, <laughs> trying to describe <laughs> And I'm just watching, not Terrible. knowing what's happening. I don't happening. know if this is like a real... Yeah. Good thing, this is a great uh, game for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, is there anything else? Was there something that's like, uh, like creating a character type exercise? Oh, that's a good idea. Um, okay, so you start off by um, uh, <laughs> uh, look up a hat on the internet. Okay. Okay. So you look up a hat, a kind of hat. Like you Wikipedia types of hats. You uh, scroll until you uh, Wikipedia types of hats. We, okay. So you Wikipedia types of hats. You uh, scroll and uh, point randomly at a hat. You look at an image of the hat. Um, you go to what's a haberdashery? Is that a hat store? You I don't find know. you find a local haberdashery, right? Is that a hat store? I don't know. Okay, you go to a hat store. You you buy that hat. You wear that hat for a week long period. Um, uh, 
you assume the, uh, the physicality of a person that would um, own and wear that hat. You assume their lifestyle. You take on, you take on a, a spouse that would be fitting that hat. Um, and uh, your voice changes. The, the food you eat changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you buy a dog that would be befitting of someone with that hat, yeah. and that's the character exercise. This? And at the end of it, you win. At the end of it, you is, you, per, you perform at Carnegie Hall. Hey, a peach <laughs> basket hat. A woman's hat resembling an upturned fruit basket. Oh, Usually lavishly mm-hmm. trimmed. It achieved notoriety in the early 1900s. That sounds like a That's great. Hat. All right, click through. I want to see what that hat looks like. You have one week. <laughs> You need to find a hat store that has that hat. Oh no. <laughs> Jason, what hat are you going to use? Uh there's Can a, a hat I've seen on Dashery is a hat store. I'd have to look it up. On, it up on this here. Wikipedia it's saying the hat shop. It's called it a hat shop. I don't know if it What is But um okay. I like this one called the Paris Bow. It's a hat from the 19th century, the early 19th century. And it's it's the Paris bow. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Oh, that is great. So its brim kind of dips down, both on the front and the back, but then it goes straight up. Okay, so a haberdashery is the shop of a haberdasher. Okay, it's more like notions. They sell notions. A haberdasher is a person who who sells small articles for sewing, such as buttons. I'm I'm entirely wrong. I'm so sorry I said that word like Well, this whole game is completely (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Well, I like this Paris bow. It's basically like you take a top hat and then the top of it, you just, you smush in a little, you don't smush it in, but you just like make it a little smaller than the the brim. Yeah. Because it doesn't go to a point. No, that is great. That is it it cool. still flattens out at the top. Oh like my god, that would be hat. such a great character. Okay, all right. So wait, look at that hat, Jason. Mm-hmm. I want you to look at that hat. Okay, I'm looking. What is what is the voice of this this man or woman or woman? Well, hello. Can I help you? <laughs> or I can help yeah. you as well. Well, uh, I'd like either of you to help. Um. Which one of you could show me to that? No, Jason, I want you to go to really in it. You're okay. really playing surface now. You're right. I want you to love this character okay. who wears a Paris bow. Sell me on it. I'm looking for a haberdashery. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you're bullshitting me, Jason. You're bullshitting. You're right, I am. You need one week. Come back in one right. week. All right. This I is think we game. cracked the code. This is what the game is. This is how you develop characters. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like this. I think this is a phenomenal idea. You're right. You can't. I, I can't just look at the hat. I have to wear the hat. You need to wear that you hat for yourself. Find a spouse. You need to buy a dog, <laughs> and you need to assume a lifestyle. I'm getting a peach it's basket. A <laughs> Peach basket hats. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I feel like a million dollars. I just created a whole curriculum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hat based improv. And you don't. The thing is, you don't wear the hat in the improv show. You just right. know the character in and out. Yeah. By that point, the hat has sunk in. You got it. You got it. It's a two week class. Nice. You're welcome, America. Uh, and other countries. I'm sure you're all listening. 
Well, there it is. I think that's it. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Elena, yes. Elan. Oh my God. You <laughs> <laughs> reversed it. It was wrong. I said the right names. Just pointed. Point, pointed at the wrong okay. person. And I literally was not doing a bit. <laughs> Lots of laughs in that episode. They have an infectious spirit, and they are also two of the best improvisers in the city. So if you come up here and Sisters 3 is not yet playing again, you can at least see them perform at Magnet. Go to magnettheater.com and look up more information. Of course, the link for that is in the bio. And if Sisters 3 comes back, you should make it a point to go see it. It is a phenomenal show. If you want to follow more about this podcast, you can go to thereitispod.com. You can also follow and like us on Facebook at thereitispod. I'm on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Far Picks. And you can follow Ilana and Elena on Twitter as well at Ilana Fishbine and at Elena Scopetos. Well, folks, that's it for now. But until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. <laughs>